If you are a member of the Creativity Found Collective, you don't just get me promoting you through this podcast. Oh no. I also make a point of guesting on other podcasts where I can reach even more people and tell them about the ways they can get creative later in life, including by checking out the small businesses featured at creativityfound.co.uk. This month, you can find me guesting on The Creative Switch with Nikki Valance and on Pod News Weekly Review with James Cridland. The episodes can be listened to directly from the Creativity Found homepage or on any podcast listening platform. And if you want your small business to be a part of the Creativity Found community, with a dedicated page on the website, monthly online meetups with the rest of the gang, and the subsidiary benefits of my own promotional work, join the collective for just £5.99 a month. Simply visit creativityfound.co.uk slash join us, or there's a handy link in the show notes. And he was very dismissive and he basically said, I have no talent and I should not pursue art at all. I guess these people that have, you know, like some sort of a rigid view of what your creativity should look like, they do sometimes make the decisions. And then I picked up a book and uh, it was a book about how you basically find your true calling. And it was about... From the first page I started reading and I was like, well, painting, it's always been painting. I just never knew that I could. Hi, I'm Claire, founder of Open Stage Arts, Drama and Singing Classes for Adults. Lots of the adults who come to our classes and online events are looking for a creativity that has been put on the back burner during their sensible grown-up years. I have found this to be true among other creatives too. So, I've decided to find out more about the painters photographers, writers, printmakers, actors, crafters, teachers and more who have found or re-found their creativity later in life. This time I'm talking to Teresa Barnard from her canal side home in Oxford. I started by asking Teresa about her artistic style. I do representational art which I I think it's like a fancy name for painting what you see, (laughs) (laughs) essentially. So, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, okay, it's very realistic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I'm a realist painter. Um, Although I do, I guess, do bits of abstract within my artworks, and I'm experimenting with that more, but it's not, you know, um, I'm never probably going to do just abstract. So yeah, figurative realism is what the discipline I'm in is called. Teresa told me about an unfortunate judgment that was made on her art when she was younger. I think I was just a little bit unlucky, but from what I hear, a lot of artists actually had a similar experience. So What happened is that my parents are in a completely different field. I think I discussed that with you in the past. Um, They're they're both medical doctors and they don't know anything about art. (laughs) It's just not not their thing. And uh, I've always shown an interest in art. That's not something that like they understood, although they occasionally supported it. It's not, it's just, you know, not something that they had any understanding understanding of. And uh, 
so they were trying to like gain a bit more understanding and they were trying I guess to help and they heard of some guy that used to run I don't know maybe he still does some sort of a school in Czech Republic and it was some sort of an art school and uh, they decided to show him my portfolio and he was very dismissive and he basically said I have no talent and I should not pursue art at all <laughs> and uh, and so I got told by my parents you know yeah it sounds like it's a really nice hobby but like you know get yourself a proper job basically one day yeah um and uh, and I guess that kind of shaped me because I was like okay I guess if there was some sort of special talent then I would know by now so I guess yeah you know I need to get myself a decent job in something I somewhat like yeah <laughs> recently I've actually um on Instagram I've uh, um I follow this artist that whose um work I really like Keita Marimoto he tried to get into some um art college and he was um influenced by particular animation style showed his portfolio and uh he didn't get in and he was told like basically to not pursue yeah what he's what, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's so sad, isn't it? So, yeah, it's like, I guess these people that have, you know, like some sort of a rigid view of what your creativity should look like, they do sometimes make the decisions. Yeah. Like, I think this guy was actually a director of the set art school. Teresa studied psychology and soon after her studies began working as an interior designer. I asked how this came about. Just like a real twist of events, I guess. Um, so I finished my master's um, in a developmental psychology. And uh, back then, I have no idea why that was, but UCL took their sweet time sending the degree certificates, which I think maybe if I was in England at the time, then maybe it would have been fine if I was applying for jobs here. And I said, look, I've just finished UCL, but I don't have the actual degree certificate. But I returned back to Czech Republic then. And they required that paper. So I couldn't start anything on the psychology front till I got that paper. And uh, so I I had a little bit of money saved. And uh, randomly, I stumbled across a business card of uh, a new hotel opening. And uh, it was supposed to be some sort of like a new concept, like a kind of arty hotel slash hostel. And it just sounded quite interesting. And uh, and I... um, basically uh, messaged the person on the business card who now turned out to be my friend <laughs> and, and we clicked uh, and she was uh, she talked to me about the concept which is this new hotel with artworks in every room and then I met the director of um, of this whole concept and we also clicked so I think it was just a, like you know um, basically a bunch of personalities thinking that we could <laughs> work yeah. together and they employed me on something that I've never done before, and I swear I will never do again. <laughs> and that is um, to become a fa- uh, they called it marketing media ma- media marketing manager or something like that. And they were like, "Well, you're arty, but you have your uh, background in psychology, so you know you might be good at that kind of stuff." And it was basically looking after Facebook. I hate Facebook, oh. so <laughs> I should have not gone for that. Yeah, but. It was an. Uh, it was basically a um, foot in the door there. And uh, while I was there, I remember mentioning to the director saying, "I've always fancied interiors. It's just my little passion." Yeah. And he's like, "Why don't you design a couple of rooms and we'll see how you get on?" And so I did. Yeah. And uh, and they actually became a success and they brought them some money. So he's like, "Why don't you design a couple more and why don't you like?" They had some issues with the designers that they had before. 
And it was around a time when everything kind of vintage and retro was coming back into fashion. And it was really popular in UK and not yet in Czech. So I think what it was is that Czech artists and designers didn't have an eye for it yet. Right. Now everyone does, like, you know, <laughs> it's just the classic hipster look. Yeah. But because I had it in the eye from having lived in London and they didn't, I kind of, uh, that's how I, that's how I got into it. Yeah. So I still did a bit of psychology on the side. I, um, I worked, uh, I started then working for a clinical psychologist uh, and I did like one day a week um, working with her and then I did the hostel stuff and, you know, basically free- freelancing the rest of the time. And, uh, And I remember just not particularly liking Czech Republic. I just kind of felt like a foreigner in my own country because I previously lived eight years in England. Um, and I think it was really formative eight years because I moved here when I was 19. Um, and I remember um, I lived in Oxford for two years during those eight years living in England and I loved it more than anywhere. And um, so I remember basically wanting to take a summer job here and seeing how I feel about Oxford, if it's still, if I still like it over Prague and over any other place. Yeah. Um, and I came to Oxford and I got this summer job um, working for um, one of these um, schools that teach English. Okay. And I was an activity leader. And, uh, and I loved Oxford just as much. And I was like, I think I really want to move here. And I met my husband this, that summer, who just happened to be traveling through here. Um, he's Canadian, um, yeah. so it was just like a chance meeting. Um, and then uh, then we kept in touch and uh, we decided to go um, traveling together um, to see if we can work or not. Yeah. And then after that, because I had some deals still working for the hostel and a couple of other interior jobs that I needed to finish, we moved back to Czech Republic. So I was back in Czech Republic for a little bit and then I got pregnant and we decided to go to Canada because... I didn't think I could support us um, with the interiors. So we went to Canada and stayed there for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I was still dreaming about Oxford. And yeah. <laughs> so, so in the end, we're like, shall we try Oxford? And we did. <laughs> What was it that finally made you begin painting in the way that you do now? As in the style or what made me just kind What of made you come it? back to doing some art? Um, so I've never really stopped doing mm. art, although there were times I did less of it um, because of circumstances or I would change medium. So I've always, I've always, always been into oil painting. Like every, when I was a teenager, I did, um, I have like a number of oil paintings all on canvas. Um, but then because we were moving around, I suppose I switched from oil painting to watercolors. So I did do that. But it was always a hobby. It was always something that I just kind of pulled out um, when I felt like the you know the room is quiet and there's nothing else to do and I can yeah. you know do do my hobby. But what made me pursue it as as a job was actually my husband. He originally worked in the oil field uh, in the oil construction in Canada, and he was good at it. But he never really liked it that much. He was like, it's a bit. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm good at it, but I don't love it. And uh, and he always liked jewelry. And we went through kind of a couple of years of him finding his way to jewelry and the family supporting him in that, to him actually pursuing him, and uh, um, signing up for a really good course, and then getting a job at a really famous London jeweler and <laughs> making making a living out of yeah. it quite successfully. Yeah. So, 
And he's never turned back and he seems super happy. And the change from him doing a so-so job to actually doing something that he loved was tremendous to witness. Yeah. Um, And very inspiring. I knew with the interiors that I like it, but I don't love it. And with psychology, I've always liked it. And I still like it, just like I still like interiors. But I don't love that much either of them, and not as much as painting. Yeah. Uh, and then I picked up a book and uh, it was a book about how you basically find your true calling and it was about from the first page I started reading and I was like well painting it's always been painting I just never knew that I could and then I looked at my husband and I was like well he never he never thought that he could do um, jewelry he just thought that's always going to be a hobby and here we go so and he's like no I think you should try it I think, you know, he's like, I think if you were meant to be a psychologist, you would have been one already. And you kind of like haven't. Yeah. So he's like, go for it. (laughs) So that's, yeah. That's so uplifting and inspiring. That's brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about your preferred mediums and and how you work, how you paint. So my preferred one is still oils. Mm. Um, I've swapped canvases for aluminium boards because uh, I work with texture within the paint and it sits on the aluminium board a bit better so but it's it's always been oil yeah like that's that's my love affair lifelong yeah um the thing about oils is like you I'm now getting the equipment for it but you can't transport it that easily and there's like a cleanup that's associated with it it's just a bit painful you know yeah like the setup takes a while, the cleanup takes a while, so you have to have more time for it than just pulling out watercolors and then just you know uh, or pencils. So that's where the other techniques kind of come into play. Um, pencils, I think I just kind of started um, started getting into recently, and I've been enjoying that. It essentially started started as a necessity because of traveling. I wanted to go and see my parents. And I have I have a lot of colours here and they're quite expensive. Mm. And uh, we already have, you know, suitcase full of stuff when we're travelling with two kids. So I'm like, I don't think, you know, I don't want to buy an extra set of colours for my parents' house because that costs a fortune. Mm. I think I will do eventually, but like right now I'm like, you know, one tube is like 20, 40 quid. So <laughs> yeah, can't afford to, uh, you know, buy thousands of paints yeah. for for a different location so I was like I'm just going to pack my pencils um, and I've recently started um, exploring this technique of basically building form with pencils and it's um, using uh, dark charcoal pencils and white uh, charcoal pencils over each other and it just kind of uh, it just kind of builds a little bit of a texture and uh, um, you know makes the drawing look 3D wow. and uh, so that's something that I've been uh, I've been yeah. exploring <laughs> Um, but yeah, my number one thing would still be oil painting, but I am, uh, more than willing to do some charcoal stuff on the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you were running person to person meetups before lockdown. Yeah. And you've been running online tutorials more recently. Is that true? Yes, that is true. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I used to do, um, a meetup, which wasn't paid. Um, initially it was just uh, a bunch of people um, each working on their own thing if they needed advice from me I I was happy to give it Uh, usually it was people that wanted to work on their own stuff yeah Uh, but it was really nice because I met a couple of good friends through that Um, but yeah through lockdown uh, we just kind of 
cancelled cancelled that and we just kind of meet privately um and i started um well i've seen my mentor doing a lot of online lessons and they gave me an idea and i felt like finally i've started understanding my technique enough to teach it brilliant <laughs> um because it's quite a complicated technique and i have a couple of uh, students sign up and uh and it is very much i guess like the month uh, the the meetups that i had except they're on zoom it's uh the same people and yeah. and we work on projects together so we would set up a project uh for example now we're working on a full head portrait and uh um yeah, yeah we have like i i demonstrate live and they ask questions um i tell them why i use like what colors it uh, what colors i'm using why i'm using that so for example i work with texture and i explain how basically putting texture in light areas will create a bit of a 3d look when you look at the painting from a distance yeah that kind of stuff <laughs> oh that's brilliant yeah I wanted to hear more about Teresa's involvement in the Tom Croft book, Portraits for NHS Heroes. I follow Tom on Instagram. He's, uh, he's local and he's a very helpful artist and I'm an emerging artist and he's always been very helpful, you know, whenever I had any questions about how basically how our business works. He's always, yeah. he's always um, given valuable advice. And uh, I've seen when he first posted... Um, the feeling that I think a lot of us in art community kind of had when COVID first came about, it was a weird, weird feeling because let's face it, uh, art is a bit of a luxury. Yeah. You know, um, it makes you feel like, oh, here, I'm, you know, there are people basically fighting for, for their lives and there are people fighting for them. Yes. And here I am just going to sit in my easel and paint. Yeah. <laughs> makes it. Yeah. I think the feeling that a lot of us had was that it, makes it a little bit vain yeah and and he he was the one that was like yeah that's basically how I feel so how I'm gonna work against that feeling is I'm gonna actually offer a free portrait to an NHS person and uh you know if there are any other artists that want to do that like message me basically comment underneath and I was the one of the first ones to comment there and I was like I think this is an excellent idea like 100% do it he was personally actually allocating people on right. that first comment. And yeah. that's before I think he even had the hashtag and whatnot. And then he, like, it just completely took over. And then he uh, did the hashtag and then other people could basically join in without him having to allocate anyone. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think um, because we know each other, we're a small community, like us artists and especially representational art and portrait art. I think there's not that many of us here. So I think we... Um, um, you know, a lot of us know each other. Yeah. So I, I think I, I just posted my artwork and uh, he reposts everyone's artwork. Like, I don't think he can do now everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so many now. But he reposted um, artworks of um, of other artists. And uh, and then he randomly contacted me and uh, said, yeah, do you want to be in the book? And I was like, 100% yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did you paint? Um uh, I painted a girl called Charlotte Cooper, um, and she works as a uh, neonatal nurse in uh, Manchester. Okay. And uh, and I still have her on Instagram, and um, she seems like a really lovely girl, so I'm really glad that I got teamed up with her. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice experience. Yeah. Um, we had to do it based on photos, um, but I instructed her how I want the photos to be taken, like where I want the light to be hitting her face, that kind of stuff, and she did really well, and she 
gave me a nice flattering picture and yeah. <laughs> I I painted that and yeah, that was it. Lovely. That's brilliant. Yeah. And for the future, near or far? Um so it's in the very beginning, but um I'm talking uh, about an ex- potentially doing an exhibition together with Philippa James, who's a photographer. Um, so hopefully we'll do that. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to approach one subject and I'm going to paint it and she's going to um, photograph it. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that yeah. goes. And uh, and then I have some uh, a couple of other paintings that um, I have in my head. One of them I've already started prepping for. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I guess more, um, just I've got more paintings planned. But um, in terms of style, I guess I'm venturing out a little bit out of the realism and employing other things. Like, I think there seems to be a thing that a lot of artists just kind of want to forget 20th century, that it all happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that. Um, but now I'm kind of coming back to it and thinking like, I really like the old style of painting and I think it's really important for us to basically know our profession, to know the trade yeah, uh, and be good tradesmen. Um, but at the same time, I kind of want to explore other things, um, you know, that happened in 20th century yeah. and 19th century. And um, so, for example, right now I'm exploring how to uh, put time into a painting, like how to represent time in a painting. Yeah. And, uh, how to slow down the viewer from viewing the painting in like one second and like how to guide the paint, how to guide my viewers in terms of where I want them to move around the painting, how I want them to view it. So yeah. these kind of things. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, that's something I want to work on a little bit more. Amazing. Just kind of at the beginning of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. If people want to view your work and connect with you, where should they go? Um, to my website teresabarnard.com it's Teresa with a Z <laughs> on Instagram I'm on Instagram I think that's the only social network I'm really active on at times yeah uh, I do uh, I do do local exhibitions I do do international exhibitions um, but I do tend to announce it usually on in the Instagram page cool. I yeah. did do one physical exhibition this year that was nice but yeah everything else seems to be online yes yeah And I guess that's how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Definitely, yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much, Teresa. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Creativity Found. If your podcast app has the facility, please leave a rating and review to help other people find us. On Instagram and Facebook, follow at Creativity Found Podcast. And on Pinterest, look for at Creativity Found. And finally... Don't forget to check out creativityfound.co.uk, the website connecting adults who want to find a creative outlet with the artists and crafters who can help them tap into their creativity. Creativityfound.co.uk is the place to go to find workshops, courses, supplies, kits and books to help you get creative. So if you're looking for your own creativity found experience, go have a browse to see what's on offer. 
And if you can help adults to find their new creative passion with your classes, online offerings or kits, visit creativityfound.co.uk slash join us to become a member of our brilliant promotional and networking collective. There's a handy link in the show notes.